Good morning. Good to see you all this morning on Memorial Day weekend. Because it is Memorial Day weekend, we do want to just take a moment to recognize that we live in a country that there are people who fought for our freedom. And on Memorial Day weekend, we remember those who lost their lives in doing so. And, and up on the altar is a rose in memory of Henry Clausen. And uh, just remember this weekend those who have, who have fought for our freedom and, and they lost their lives doing so. And, and don't be afraid, if you know people who have served our countries, to thank them this weekend. Thank them this weekend. And I actually want to take a moment to do that right out, the, right out the gate here. That if you have served in any of our armed forces, we just ask that you would please stand so we can recognize you this morning. There they are. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for serving. We really appreciate you and we appreciate what you've done for us. I also want to just highlight the, the emphasis of being very prayerful over things that are happening in our world right now. And maybe you've heard in the news the, the terrorist attacks, things that have happened in, in Manchester, things that have happened recently in the Philippines, and, and terrorism on the rise, and evil's just rampant. And I think it's so important that we need to be prayerful about these things. You know, we live in a, a very blessed area where a lot of these things aren't on our front doorstep, but... It's on the rise, and we need to be prayerful over those things, that God would prevail and that the enemy would, would not have his way. And so we will pray for that as we start this service this morning. I ask that you would stand as I read from God's Word, the Bible. I'm going to read from John chapter 14 this morning. This is Jesus' words and Jesus' uh, promise. His promise is the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Now, I was talking with somebody earlier this week about how a lot of churches will talk about how God loves us, and that's great. I love that. God does love us. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, God loves you. But not a lot of churches take that to the next level and say, but do you love God? Because the Bible tells us if we love God, we're to obey His commands. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Now the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live you also will live. The spirit of truth, we're going to pray that he would be at work this morning, leading us deeper into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's, let's pray together as we start this morning. Father God, we thank you that we can come together and we can praise the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just recognize that, that we want to grow in our relationship with you. We want the Holy Spirit to come and guide us and lead us in all truth. So, Father, we ask that you'd have your way today. Speak to our hearts. Move us. Lead us. 
and grow our love for you. And Father, in this time, as corporate worshipers gathered together, we want to lift up the situations happening around our world. Lord, the terrorism and and all the things that are just being pressed against innocent people. Father, we pray that your victory would come through. And Lord, that the enemy would not prevail, but that you would render the enemy powerless in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for comfort and peace to come to the families who are suffering in the midst of all the tragedy that's happened. And we pray, Father, that a peace like no other would come alongside them, and Lord, you would guide them and lead them. And so, Father, we thank you that we can come together now and lift up the name of Jesus. We pray that your spirit would freely move in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to turn your Bibles to John chapter 16, that's where we're going to be at this morning. John chapter 16. While you're turning there, I do want to let you know in about 10 days we start our summer midweek services. It's going to be the month of June on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Jake Samuelson is going to be helping us with worship, leading our worship team. And uh, part of this series, the four weeks that we're going to be meeting, it's called You Asked For It. And so we've had questions that have been coming in that people have about the faith, different topics. But I just want to take a moment to encourage you, let's keep adding to that. So if you have any questions regarding the faith and things that maybe you'd like to hear about, back at the welcome desk, there's a question box and there's sheets of paper. Just write your question down. It can be anonymous. You don't have to put your name on it. And just put it in that box. And as things are shaping out for that midweek service, maybe your question will be answered during that four weeks. So we do want to invite you to that. Put that on your calendar. Ten days from now will be our first midweek service on Wednesday night uh, in June there. So... Uh, just want to let you know about that. Do that back at the welcome desk. We encourage those questions. So we're in John chapter 16. For the next two weeks, I'm going to be doing a series here on the Holy Spirit. So this first one is called Holy Spirit 101. And breaking it down, and, and the, what I wanted to focus on this morning is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the life of somebody who's not yet saved, somebody who has not yet given their life to Jesus. What is the Holy Spirit doing there? And then also taking a look at what the Holy Spirit's doing when somebody comes into that saving relationship with Jesus. And so I want to start with John chapter 16. If you go to verse 7, this is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit and what he's going to do. And Jesus was in the midst of of telling his disciples he was about ready to leave. If you know the Lord's Supper and the Last Supper where they share this meal together, and then Jesus begins to talk with them very seriously about what's going to happen in just a few hours. He's going to be arrested, and all of these things are going to take place. He's going to die. But he's speaking yet into the future and saying, but if I don't go away, then I can't send you someone. And so that's what we want to focus on here. John 16, starting in verse 7, Jesus says, It is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate... The Holy Spirit won't come. Now, if I go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, I just want to stop there for a second. I want you to say those three words here in a moment, but sin, righteousness, and judgment. Just say that with me. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
So the Holy Spirit's coming to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We're going to break the first part down. We'll come back to the rest of that passage. But this first part, I want to just talk about that word convict for a second. Because a lot of people, when they say the Holy Spirit's coming to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment, they automatically run to, He's going to come and condemn you of your sin, condemn you that you're not righteous, and condemn you that there's this judgment over you. But I want to change this word here and understand a little bit deeper on what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying the Holy Spirit is going to convince you. Now, this is going to change things up a little bit, maybe, in how you've maybe remember this passage, or maybe you're hearing this for the first time, but when you see this word convict, think of the word convince. So we're going to start with this, with the convincing, convincing the world of its sin. Now look at verse 9. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So the first thing out the gate is the Holy Spirit convinces people of their unbelief. So he's already working in the hearts of people who don't yet believe in, in God. They don't believe in Jesus. So here the Holy Spirit is coming to lead people to Jesus. First things first, the Holy Spirit convinces us of our need for a Savior. Okay? I want to do a little illustration here. And we've got three young men right in the front. And you're going, oh boy, what's going on? Can I have you come up and volunteer? Would you be willing to do that, the three of you? Come on up here. I'm going to space you out. Isaac, I'm going to, yeah, why don't you go here, Jacob right here, and Joel, why don't you come over here, buddy? All right. So I'm going to do a little illustration. I want to just demonstrate, when we look at this passage and we say the Holy Spirit is convincing people of their need for Jesus, we're just going to play this out and maybe what's happening in the spiritual realm here. Now, Isaac is going to represent the Father. Father God, right here. Father God. Yeah. Okay, right here we have the Son. This is Jesus, for illustration purposes. Okay, you're going to represent Jesus. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus is saying, look, you can't have a right relationship with the Father unless you get it right with me. Okay, and now Jesus is saying, hey, I'm about to go and be with the Father, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he is going to convince people of their unbelief. To start, right out the gate, he's going to convince people of their unbelief. So now I just, while all eyes are open, we're just going to have a little fun here today. I'm just going to kind of do a pretend prayer, okay? Um, my buddy Earl over here, let's say Earl's not saved yet. He is, okay? He wouldn't be interning with me right now and leading youth if he wasn't, okay? But Earl, let's just say for this illustration, Earl is not saved, okay? Now, just let's see what happens in the spiritual realm if I start praying for the Holy Spirit to work in Earl's life. So let's just see what happens. Holy Spirit, let me, let me start over. You okay with that? Okay. Father, thank you for today. And Lord Jesus, thank you for salvation that only comes through you, through faith in you. Thank you for what you did on the cross. And now, Holy Spirit, I have a friend, his name's Earl, and he doesn't know you yet. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring my friend Earl to Jesus. And Holy Spirit, 
I'll just pray it again. I ask that you would go and get my friend Earl and bring him to Jesus. And the spirit starts moving. Yeah, go and get my friend Earl and bring him to Jesus. Help him to see his need for Jesus. Yes. Okay. So the Holy Spirit brings people to a place where they go, I, I'm confronted with the fact that I don't have a Savior. I'm confronted with the fact that the Bible tells me all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit leads us to that place of recognizing, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. We're confronted with that. Now a decision has to be made by Earl. The Spirit led him to that place, but Earl's got to make a decision. Am I going to give my life to Jesus? Am I going to surrender my life to him? Or am I going to continue to go in my own direction? So for this illustration, though, Earl's going to give his life to Jesus. And what happens in that, and I believe this is what the Bible would call, if you read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, the Bible says that we're all baptized into one body by one spirit. I believe this is a baptism that takes place where the Holy Spirit comes and just submerses us in Jesus. And we're cleansed. We're given a new heart. And, and we're just a changed person. Okay? And so there's an unbelievable miracle that takes place when we come to that point that's happening on the inside. Something that's happening in our spiritual life. So before they leave, though, I just want to tell you this. If you want to make your prayers more effective for those you're trying to reach that are lost and they don't know Jesus then I just felt led to say this. Then pray out the scriptures. Pray out what Jesus just said. He said the Holy Spirit comes to convince people of their need for Jesus. So start praying like this. Holy Spirit, please convince, fill in the blank, convince them of their need for Jesus. Convince them that they need you. Start praying out that scripture. And I believe you'll start seeing a difference in the way you pray for people. But you'll also see, I think, some of the things that happen along the way. So will you give him a hand for volunteering? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Earl. And we'll baptize Earl next Sunday. I want to talk next about this miracle that does take place in the life of, of someone when they give their life to Jesus. This miracle that's taking place on the inside. You cannot fully describe this. It's such an unbelievable thing. But I'm going to do my best to just show us what scriptures say. If you want to go with me to John chapter 3, we're going to come back to John 16, but if you want to go now to John 3, I'm going to show you a conversation between a really big-time religious leader. He was a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus. And he was intrigued by what Jesus was preaching and teaching, so much so that he knew he couldn't ask these kind of questions with all the other religious leaders around, so he came to Jesus at night, and he's like, hey, tell me more about what you're saying. Tell me, how do I know? How can I get to heaven? Okay, that's kind of the setup here, and Jesus tells him, verse 3 of John 3, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, now that's where we get that expression, there's some churchy terms sometimes, are you born again? That comes from this passage. Are you saved? Right, you've heard those terms before. 
That's this miracle, salvation that takes place. So Jesus says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus is real confused. He goes, what do you mean, born again? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb? And he was real confused by what Jesus was trying to say. And Jesus says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So this cleansing that the Holy Spirit comes in and does in the life of somebody, this change. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless the Holy Spirit has come and absolutely transformed their life. Then he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. And just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't fully explain how people are born of the Spirit. That's why I said earlier, I'll do my best to explain this, but even Jesus himself said you just can't fully explain this miracle that's taking place in somebody's heart. It's a supernatural event when somebody gives their life to Jesus and says, I want to live for you. The Spirit of God comes into their life and begins to transform their life. I want to tell you a little story. When I was doing ministry up in Minnesota, we were doing school assemblies. And that evening we came back and we did the gospel presentation so students could respond and give their life to Christ. And we had a lot of students come forward with the speaker that was presenting that night. And since I was on the team, I decided I was just going to come forward and and be a volunteer to pray with students that responded to be able to help sort of process some of that in the follow-up. And so two young brothers came forward, and and they came to where I was at. And and we were about ready to pray, and the speaker was going to lead them in prayer. And so I was just there to to be somebody that could follow up when we got done praying. And I put my, my hand on each of their shoulders, and we just began to pray, and the speaker led the prayer to receive Christ, and as we were praying, all of a sudden, this gush of wind hit me in the back of my neck, and it was enough to cause me to go, what in the world was that? Now, you're probably all looking at, some of you right now are like, you're nuts, okay, but trust me, it was enough to make me go, what was that? I'm probably the only guy during this, I mean, very intimate prayer, like, Wise wide open, like, what just happened? And it caused me to turn around, because it felt like somebody came right up to the back of my neck and just blew right back into my neck. And so I turned around to see who, I mean, who would go up and do that to you during the, and nobody was there. And I, I was just like, what was that? I mean, the nearest door to go outside was at least 150 feet away. Something ha- I was looking around for the natural, but I believe what happened was supernatural. And when I looked all around to see what happened and I couldn't find anything to explain that, I just resolved that right there and I said, I think that was the Holy Spirit. And God just allowed me to just experience just a little bit of that. Of course, I'm sharing that with the team afterwards. I mean, you don't have a moment like that, and you're like, okay. You know, that happens all the time when we pray for people. I mean, this was a moment that I got to share this and what happened tonight. And so when Jesus says, you know, it's like wind, I, I thought that was really cool. That moment, I wanted to share that with you. Ezekiel saw this day, 
The prophet Ezekiel saw this day where people would give their lives to Jesus and there would be this transformation in Ezekiel 36. God speaks through Ezekiel and says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. And your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. You'll no longer live this lifestyle chasing around and, and, and doing things that the world does. You're going to live for God. And then God says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out your, your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And then God says, and I will put my spirit in you. So not only are we going to do this leading you to Jesus, but now when you give your life to Jesus, now the spirit is going to live in you. The spirit that was hovering over the waters at creation is now going to live inside of you. So I want to take a moment here. I have some, some power aid. God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but one of power. So this is going to represent the Holy Spirit. And over here I have a fountain that's just empty, without anything. You know, until you meet Jesus Christ, your life is empty. You can fill it with all kinds of things, but it will never truly satisfy. And so at that moment where the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus and we give our life to Jesus, He now comes and begins to dwell inside of us. And what's neat about this, this is actually dual residence, okay? Because the Bible also refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ. So where is Jesus right now? He's sitting with the Father. But through the presence of the Holy Spirit, He also resides in you. So when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, and so does Jesus. That's why if you ever hear us say, ask Jesus into your heart, that's what that means. And so now, inside of you, you have life-transforming power of God living in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you give your life to Jesus. I want to go back to John 16. What are the three things the Holy Spirit does? Convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Convincing people of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I want to continue to break that down. Now that he lives in you as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to pick this up now in verse 10. Jesus says, Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So let me break it down a little bit for you. Remember I said sometimes people see that condemning, like the Spirit's here to condemn you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit's here to convince you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Convince you of your need for Jesus. And now he's convincing those who are followers of Jesus, he's convincing them of their right standing with God. That when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is there to remind you that you're right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, why would that be important? The Bible also tells us that Satan is the accuser. 
So he likes to stick his finger out and, hey, remember when you did this? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're not worthy. I'm going to tear you down. The Holy Spirit comes along and like smacks Satan and says, no, no. You have a right standing with God because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's not by what you do. It's by what he did on the cross. The next thing, he also convinces people of judgment. And some people look at that and think, because I'm going to get judged. Time out. The judgment is on Satan. And all his authority has been stripped away. So the Holy Spirit now comes to just, you know, convince you that, hey, Satan has lost his authority. I ripped that away from him. And so he should no longer have authority in your life. And so the Spirit comes along and speaks victory into your life. And now I hope you look at that passage and you see that in a much deeper way in what the Holy Spirit is doing. In the life of an unbeliever, you get saved, and then some of the first things that the Holy Spirit's doing, convincing you of your right standing with God and convincing you that Satan's authority has been stripped away. The Spirit has come to help us see salvation, to help us see our standing with God through Jesus Christ, and to help us to see that we have victory over Satan in Jesus. It's powerful. Powerful. Now next week I'll break it down even further and talk about how the Holy Spirit now comes to equip us and He speaks to us. And he guides us and leads us. We'll break all that down next week. But I wanted to start with the basic 101. The Spirit leads people into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And he lives in you from the moment of salvation. From the moment of salvation. I want to close with, with a story that goes back to, to John chapter 3. Okay, About a year, year and a half ago, there was a gentleman that I knew that was dying of cancer. And I felt like that, that God was, was pressing on my heart to go and speak to this individual because they didn't have a whole lot of time left. And so it was one of those days I just tried to make a connection and it turns out that the timing worked out and we were able to meet. And I was on my way to this gentleman's home. And I was praying. I said, God... I need the exact passage that's going to lead this gentleman to you. I don't know where he stands. And so I need you to lead me in this and show me what verse, what, whatever it is going to take to convince this person that they need Jesus. And I was texting a few people. And I said, I need you to pray. I'm about to speak to somebody. Eternity is on the line, and we've got to do something. And so some, some folks text me back. We're praying for you. And as I was driving... On my way to this place, I felt like the Spirit of God told me, go to John chapter 3 when you're with this man. Talk about being born again. And so I go into his home, and we sit down, and we start talking about life and kind of things, just real small talk for about a half hour. And I'm kind of sitting there, and I'm going, okay, God, this ain't, this ain't John chapter 3. Where are we going here? And so eventually I just, I was very, very pointed I said, you know, I know your situation. I just want to simply ask you a question. Are you ready to meet God? Are you, are you in right standing? And the man said, well, well, I hope so. You know, I, I don't know. He said, you know, to me, 
He said, faith is, he said, it's, it's kind of like wind. You know, and you can't, you can't see it, but yet it comes and goes, and you don't, I don't know if it's there. And that was the moment I'm like, he just set me up with John chapter 3. And so I told him, I said, well, I go, guess what? The Lord put this passage on my heart to give to you today. And you just said, faith is like wind. And let me read to you what Jesus says. And how the Holy Spirit wants to come and, and birth in you new life. And so we prayed together. And, and this man, it wasn't like, a, I want you to out loud pray after me. This was real quiet in his heart. I said, I'm just going to pray that God would lead you into a right relationship. And as I pray, I just want you to just agree with this in your heart. Because the man couldn't talk because he was weeping the entire time. And I'm just thinking, look at what God did. Because it's the Holy Spirit that convinces us for our need for Jesus. I just got to kind of go along for the ride. God gave me the right passage, and I'm nothing special. I just asked for what to say. And the Spirit, though, was already at work. And so I, I know in a, a crowd this large, and for those that are listening, you might be sitting here today, and you're thinking, I don't know if I've had that encounter. I, I don't know if I, I'm born again. And we're going to give you that opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to draw you in to a relationship with Jesus. But the second part of this is that if you're sitting here today and you are born again, is to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is leading you and saying, you've got a right standing with God, right? And, and, and then to claim that victory over Satan. And then don't be afraid to partner with God in the miracle work that he wants to do in people's lives. Be willing to, to share about Jesus, no matter how awkward it might seem, you feel like you're not adequate. God will equip you. He'll give you what you need to say. Just ask him. If you walk around in life with blinders on, I'm telling you, you won't lead anybody to Christ. But if you walk around and say, God, I just want to be an impact today, God will lead you to the people that he is drawing. So partner with him. Partner with him. When I get done praying, the worship team is going to lead us in a time of worship and response. And, and as you're sitting here and if you're, you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus today and you pray that with me, I want you to come forward there's going to be a, a, a group of people here praying with people. I just want you to come forward and say, hey, I prayed that today. I want to give my life to Jesus. And we want to pray with you that God would make that decision just so real and, and just concrete for you. But the other part of that is recognizing that this morning there's a lot of needs that probably came through the doors today. And if we can be a blessing to you and pray with you in any and every situation that you're walking through, we just invite you to come forward and we want to pray with you. And that'll be how we respond to the message today. But first, let's allow the Holy Spirit to submerse people in Jesus and bring salvation to some hearts today. So let's bow our heads in prayer.
Father God, thank you so much that you made a way to have a right relationship with you by sending your son Jesus to die for our sins on a cross, to pay the punishment for that sin so that we might be set free, we might be made right with you. And Holy Spirit, I know that you're at work in this place and there are people here, they're unsure about where they stand with God right now because they have not been born again. And for anybody that's in that place right now, I just simply ask that you would respond by faith and allow the Holy Spirit to come and transform your life. And just pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, I recognize that you are the Savior and you are the answer for my sin. And I ask that you would come and forgive me, transform me, Give me a new heart and fill me, fill me with your spirit to live for you. And I want, I want to live for you and I ask that you would help me to live for you. And today I, by faith, receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And in this moment, with every head bowed, eye closed, if you just prayed that with me to receive Christ in your life, will you simply lift your hand? Thank you. I see it. Hands. Thank you. Anyone else? I just gave my life to Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing in people's lives. We ask that you'd minister to every heart as we worship you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you. As you're ministering to people's hearts, we give you praise, honor, and glory for what you've done in this place today. Help us to live in response to what we've heard today. We live in light of our relationship with Jesus Christ, recognizing that there are people that we will encounter this week who are living in despair, who are living without hope, and who are living without the knowledge of Jesus Christ in their life. Help us. Help us to respond to that truth right there. Holy Spirit, fill us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. While you're standing where you're at, I just simply ask that you lift your hands now for the blessing. Feel free to stick around for refreshments. And also don't forget about Casa Angelina and their table back there to sow into that ministry and what they're doing there. Now let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for what you did during this time today. And we lift our hearts to you in response. We're wanting to live for you. So help us, Father. Empower us. Resource us so that we can be a resource. Bless us so we can be a blessing. Help us now, Lord, to extend your grace to people when we leave this place. Fill us up and send us out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.